Guys, if you haven't joined us for our men's discipleship, we had 39 guys this morning. So we're, we're still growing. Awesome. Amen. So, uh, but just a great time. And we'll be going through the end of March. So at 8.30, come out and join us. And uh, we have a great time together. Let me read this to you. I just was uh, thumbing through this this morning uh, during prayer and just turned to this section about prayer in one of my library books. And uh, on Sunday nights, we have intercessory prayer from 6 to 7. And I just want to encourage you to come and join us. It says this, Because you prayed, God touched our weary bodies with His power and gave us strength for many trying hours, in which we might have faltered had not our inter- you, our intercessors, faithful, been, and true. Because you prayed, God touched our lips with coals from an altar fire gave spirit fullness and did not and did so inspire that when we spoke sin blinded souls did cease and sin's chains were broken and captives were made free because you prayed the dwellers in the dark have found the light the glad good news has banished heathen night the message of the cross so long delayed has brought them life at last because you prayed amen so i thought that was cool amen but uh, things happen when you pray. Amen? So we invite you to come join us Sunday nights from 6 to 7. We meet here in the sanctuary. And uh, it's a powerful, powerful time. And we'd love to have you here. If you have your Bibles, open to John chapter 16. And just for the next couple moments, uh, I just want to continue in this message that we've been on about the voice of God. And that a talking God has created us as a talking man and in John 16 trying to get us to the point we even Cole shared a scripture this morning with us in prayer and and uh, and just talking as he's been talking with other uh, young men around and that it seems like there's just a lot of different things that are being said but n- not a lot of it is tied into the word of God and a lot of people are are, are placing a, a, a hope and almost a false confidence in things that really can't be found in God's word and and thinking that somehow that that their relationship with God is secure and the, he was reading out of Timothy where the Bible says in the last days that there will come delusion and deception and people will hear things that are pleasing to their ears but they're not a foundation that they should be building upon amen and uh, so and, and I shared last week that I really believe this is the year of God's voice a year of the voice and and uh, I don't make a lot of prophetic declarations I don't do an annual statement I don't try to come up with a slogan that rhymes with the number of the year you know, 2011 will be God from heaven. You know, we don't do that stuff. So, it. But anyway, um, it. Uh, you know, and nothing rhymes with 13 anyway. So, uh, I just believe that that it, that's important. And even as John sharing in prophecy, that we are people who know God's voice. It's always been God's will that you would know. His voice. And I put this on the cover because I read a little bit of this to you last week, but I wanted you to have it in your hands and just as a point of meditation and devotion for your own life uh, from Rabbi Schneerson that said this, Plants live in a world of earth, water, air, and sunshine. Animals live in a world of the body and its senses. Human beings live within a world of their own words. The sages called us the speaking being saying that our soul is filled with words. When our words leave us, our very being goes out with them. I want you to hear this. And I put that, that, that parenthetical statement in there. Uh, it, so it is with God. When God speaks, His very being goes with His words. 
God and His Word are one. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when you hear God's Word, when you receive God's Word, we receive Him. I've always said this, how important is your Bible? Your Bible is God to you. God and His Word are one. This, isn't just, this is a book, but it's not just any book. This is a living book. And man has tried to kill this book. Ever since it was put into print, man has tried to destroy this book. Amen. And it was interesting, we were in, in, in Israel, and they talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls, and we, we actually went to the shrine, it's called the Shrine of the Book, it's awesome. And uh, they have the, the scrolls in there, encased in there, and, and you get to see uh, segments of them in that. And, uh, but they found through the Dead Sea Scrolls that everything, and, and the, some of the original manuscripts, uh, the manuscripts were the original ones, the autographs are the copies of that. And so from some of the original uh, manuscripts and the autographs, that were there in the scroll that the Bible you hold in your hand is factually accurate. Amen. It, it, it's a literal translation. And so it, God has had a way over all these years. This is a miraculous book. Would you agree? That God's preserved it. And then when you think how many rulers have tried to oppress it, how, how many nations have tried to run it out, think about this, how powerful the Word of God that in 1940 when they ran all the missionaries out of China, they thought if we get the people out, we could get the word out, but the word multiplied. The church actually multiplied more over the 40 years that there were no missionaries in China. When they came back in 1988, when they let them back in, the church had multiplied exponentially in the millions, the underground church. Amazing. So God's word is powerful. It's alive. Amen? And so when your word goes out, your very being goes out the same as God's being goes out with His words. When our words leave us, our very being goes out with them. We conquer with them. We declare our mastery over creation with them. And uh, we, we just don't talk about this enough on, on how we talk. How is important it is that we learn to talk right. Amen. If you get anything out of the whole book of Job, and I said it a little bit last week, is that when you read the whole book of Job, there's a lot of, a lot of great stuff that sounds good, and, and, and a lot of it, it it's true. It, it's the way it's said, but it's misapplied. Truth. It's applied in the wrong way. It, 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 it's stressed at the wrong point, and it's spoken in the wrong context. And so God said to those that spoke most of it, He said, you guys didn't talk about me right. Are you listening to me? And, and, and they were judged by that. Jesus said that you and I in Matthew 12, that we would be judged for every idle word that we would speak. Our words are so powerful. So what we say, what you say about your life, what you say about your body. Please declare yourself the healed of the Lord. Come on, if, if you're going to confess something, confess health. Amen. If, if you feel something, come on, just say, the, just say, hey, I feel like I'm taking a healing. Instead of I'm catching a cold. I feel the flu coming on. I feel a healing coming on. Amen. Turn it around. Amen. It's so powerful what we say. Thank you. Think about this. Our words tell us that we exist. For us, nothing truly exists until we find a word for it. Our thoughts of every object and every event are thoughts of word. Our world is a world not of sensations but of stimuli. And, and stimuli, but of words. So build your world with precious words. Fill your days with words that live and give life. Our advantage as human beings lies in our power to speak, to articulate a nebulous world into meaningful words and, fra words and phrases. God spoke and the world came into being. We speak 
and bring it into focus. How many would agree? I just think that is a powerful statement. I was researching something else and, uh, and came across this. And uh, so it's important. And let me just say this. When you read the Word of God, you find out what God declares to you and for you. I'm excited about that. And, and so He declares certain things for us. And I, I heard this statement the other day that a, a minister was making and he talked about what the Lord has done for us. And I, it's just such a great thought that maybe you could take away today. But he was talking about how... how we, trying to qualify how when you read the Word of God, God declares this, you don't have to be qualified to be accepted by Him. Amen. If you've ever applied for credit and you fill out the application, you, you, you find out what you can qualify for. And then if you can't qualify for the amount that you need for the item that you need in your life, in that or whatever, then maybe you could get a cosigner. And if a cosigner comes along and signs for you, they, they've already looked at you and you didn't have enough to qualify on your own. But because somebody came along and cosigned for you, the attention was taken off of you and onto them. It's like you no longer exist. All the attention is now on them. And so it, what they said, the cosigner comes along and says, hey, I will sign. If they default, I will take the load. And that's what Jesus Christ did for you and I. There's no way that we could have qualified to be accepted before God. So the Lord came along and said, hey, I will cosign for their sin. I will take charge of their debt. Place it all upon me. If they fail, I will pay it in full. How many are glad He paid your debt in full? So you are accepted by God. You don't have to perform. God accepts you. And and so learning how to live in that acceptance and receive that. And when you read God's Word and you hear God's voice, that's what God says to you. Amen? And so that voice of God speaks His acceptance into our life. Look inside of your outline. And I just want to go over a little bit of review and give you a couple things this morning and then touch on a couple new points here. A God who speaks to His man desires that His man who speaks would speak to His God. That's God's heart that you would talk to Him, that you would hear His voice and then you would answer Him back with your voice. You would build a communication with God. I mean, if you get on the phone with somebody and somebody just starts talking and then they pause, they're waiting for you to answer. And sometimes we hear God's voice and it seems like, well, there's a pause and God quit talking. He's waiting for you to respond to what He just said. He wants an engagement, wants a two-way conversation with that. So He desires to hear our voice. And our desire should be to hear His. And last week I, I gave this to you and I just want to hit it again. I told the men we're going over some things in discipleship because we, we just don't get it when we hear it once. Amen. I don't know about you. When I went to school, I, and, and, and I, I passed. I got out of school. I passed all my grades. I passed Bible school. But I barely remember anything I was taught. Do I have any friends in the house? Amen. Amen. And so if I was going to go back, in fact, I thought I wanted to take a writing class and some English classes for something or whatever, and, uh, and I found out I had to take all these other classes. I said, that's way too much work. Amen. <laughs> so anyway, because I said, man, I have to learn all over again because even though I heard it, it doesn't mean I retained it. Are you with me? And so hearing, and as I shared, I, I've read and read and read and read. I, I have several Bibles, you know, and, and I go through them, and, I, and I've almost been through all of them, completely through all of them. I've been through this one. I've been preaching out of this one since 1989, and uh, I've been through it multiplied times. But every time I go through it, I hear something again that I've already heard, but it's like I didn't hear it. The first, and so I hear it again and, and it comes alive to me. And so we need that. And so when it comes to thoughts and ideas, it's always important to ask ourselves, where did you get that thought? 
Reveal your source. And I, and I, I tell you this, it will be a voice. Whenever you have a thought, there will be a voice connected to the thought that you have. The devil came with a voice in the garden to challenge the voice of God in their life. That's exactly how he comes to you. There will always be a voice that comes to you to challenge the voice of God. To move you away from following God's voice to following His. A man's life is ruled by the voice he follows. Your Bible is the Word. And the voice of God recorded and handed down for you and I to follow and to be able to judge every other voice by. Or in other words, when I hear a voice, I should run it through here. This should be the filter. If I hear a voice, I want to run it through the Word of God. And, and I think that's where Adam missed it. He should have said, wait a minute. He should have said, to Eve, hey, thanks for the offer of the apple, but where'd you get that thought that we could eat that? Who told, li, li, listen, when God showed up and he said, Adam, where are you? And Adam was hiding. And he says, we were hiding. Listen, to this. he said, we were hiding because we were naked. God said this, who told you you were naked? What is the voice that brought that revelation to you? What voice did you follow that brought you to this understanding? You didn't get that from my voice. There had to be another voice interjected into your life that is contrary to my voice that got you in the situation where you are at. When I look at my life, there are so many other voices that try to influence. Do I have any friends here this morning? And so there's always that voice. So ask yourself, where did you get that thought? What voice were you following? If he would have asked Eve, hey, Where'd you get that thought? Who said we could? God said no. If he'd have run that back to the word of God. How many know sometimes just one scripture could save your life? Doesn't matter if you can can remember the whole Bible. But if you just get one scripture and filter everything back to that. You could avoid a lot of pain. Amen? So a lot of pain could be avoided if we just check the source. Amen? I've done that. Or with voice identification and knowing the source of that voice. So man's life is ruled by words. Everything you and I believe now is connected to the words that we have heard. Somewhere somebody said something to you and I. For what you believe, what I believe. Would you agree? And that's a challenge that we face. When people want to shape and influence the way we think, they do it with words. Let me just think about that. Think of how many avenues of words you have in your life. And almost everything that's introduced is a new level of words. Think about advertising. Gets you. Just keep saying and saying and saying and saying. Get it out in front of you. 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 Keep it out in front of you. Keep it out in front of you. And pretty soon you think, wow, I heard about that. I saw that. I've heard about that. And, 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 and that voice will direct you to try that. Or to buy that. Or convince you that you need that. We're doing okay? Alright. So think about it. So, the words that are spoken, heard, and received in the heart of a man become the treasure of his life. And even if they are wrong, they are his treasure, and he will fight to guard them to keep them. You know, I don't know why. I was convinced when I got saved, I could smoke dope and still be a Christian. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Some of you are convinced you could still do things and still be a Christian. I know, I don't believe I have to give up that. Well, who told you that? I'm just telling you what I thought. Amen? And so that's what happened. When, when I was 19, my grandfather preached his farewell sermon. I came forward 
And I responded to the altar call, but I didn't give my life to God. I had an encounter with God, but I didn't give my life to God. And so my desire to hold on to other things and those other voices in my life were so strong that after that Sunday morning, and see, I, I, I was always a wild child, which is hard to believe. And, uh, and so when I answered that altar call that Sunday morning, everybody thought, oh, wow, you know, Don's getting saved. That's awesome. Well, well, Don went home after that church service and stood out on his deck and got ripped. I, this is awesome. I have God and everything, man. And, you know, and Yeah. And six years later, I came to myself and really got saved. Amen? And so, and gave up. But see, there was a voice that had told me somehow, I believe that, you know, this is all cool. And it's probably reading too many Don B. Carlos books and stuff when I was, you know. Some of you have to be really hippified to even know what I just said. Amen. So uh, anyway, so watch it. Hear me this morning. I'm not the only preacher you hear. I'm not the only preacher you hear. I am not the only preacher you hear. Everybody points at preachers. They better just preach. You're being preached at every second of your life. Preaching brings you to a decision. Do you have any voices trying to get you to make a decision in your life right now other than mine? I'm, I'm only trying to get you to choose God. I'm trying to get you to choose life. But you have other voices that are, that are preaching to you to make a decision. Amen. Anybody ever come in contact with the salesman? Preaching. Preaching. Salesmen preach. Preaching brings you to a decision. Teaching brings you to maturity. But preaching, the purpose of preaching is to bring you to make a choice. To decide. At that moment, make a decision right now. What are you going to do? Here's the fact. I'm going to present you. Make a decision right now. In sales, it's called ABC. Always be closing. I hate to be sold. I'm ahead of myself in my notes. I walk into a store. I get in there. They start to. I said, hey, 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 hey. I'm not here to be sold. If I find something I want to buy, I will let you know. But I'm not here to be sold. But we have a great deal, Pastor. I don't care what your deal is. I'm not here to be sold. Especially with cars. I didn't come here to be sold. I came here to buy. If you buy it right now, if you make it sin, did, 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 did. and so they start preaching. Come on, if you get it right now, I get you. Did, 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 did. I asked the guy last time when we got, Cody had an accident, we had to replace his car. I said, hey, wait, wait, wait. Are you going to make an $8,000? You make an $8,000 decision like that? Hurry up. In the next 30 seconds. I said, give me a break. You don't make a decision like that. Get out of my face. In my nice preacher way. <laughs> Cody said, Dad, you're rude. I said, no, I'm here to buy and not be sold. If I get you this deal right now, will you take it home today? No, I'm buying. I'm not being sold. Are you listening to me? But see, that's a voice in your life. How many other things? Do it right now. Choose right now. You have friends that preach you all the time. Hey, come on. We're going to party right now. You got to go right now. We got to go. Come on, 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 come on. Is this okay? I'm just saying. So I'm not the only preacher you hear. Preaching is the proclamation of a point of view and should be connected to a truth. Every person's life is filled with preaching. Words that are being proclaimed to receive and make the treasure of your life. They are influencers. And they just, you decide whether you buy or whether you will be sold. 
How many of you have ever walked away and said, man, I was sold a bill of goods? How many told somebody else, you watched somebody else making a decision? And you said, man, they're being sold a bill of goods. Are you with me? And you wish they would listen to another voice. You wish you could bring a voice of reason into the decision that's being made. You wish you could interject a voice that would help. But they've already made a choice to follow another voice. Are you with me? All right. So Jesus declared that the Holy Spirit would come as a voice of our lives. John 16, please look at this. Say, Pastor, why are you harping on this? Because I, I, I look and I watch people and in my life. And uh, they're, they're, I'll just be honest. My, I have a son that's going through some things and I talk to him and I ask him some questions. And there's times that he wants to hear and doesn't want to hear. And, and I know that there's another voice that he's hearing. I try to be, I told him the other day, I said, son, I just want to help you. I want to help you. I, I, as a, I'm at the stage of the father where I don't want you to have pain. Amen. And we speak and, and, and you'll feel that way and, and, and you'll want to be a voice that could help. Could I get an amen? You want to be a voice that can help. But you know there's another voice that's speaking. You wish your voice would be the one that they would listen to. So Jesus declared that the Holy Spirit would come as a voice. And he said, however, verse 13, when he, the Holy Spirit, John 16, verse 13, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it. To you, So Jesus is saying when the Holy Spirit has come, He's going to be a voice in your life. And that's where I kind of ended last week. It is so important that you understand that God said that every one of us can hear His voice. A, a Christian should never go, I just can't hear the voice of God. You just have to shut out some other voices. We just, there, there are so many voices in our life. And you know I tease about it with our phones or with technology and stuff. But there is that place. Just stop just for a moment and just think about how many voices come against your life. And everyone is an influence. It's somehow it's trying to direct you. There's never just a voice that comes along and, and w- without a purpose behind it. Does that make sense? Because words are seeds. Words are seeds, and, and, and they contain something, and they'll produce something if I allow them to be sown. That's why Jesus said about the sower in Mark chapter 4. He said the sower went out to sow, and he sowed seed among some ground. And, and the disciples go, what, what's explained to us the parable of the sower? And he says that the seed is the Word of God. And it gets sown in some places, but some hearts are just hard and there's no place for it to take root and it lays there and, and, and it gets eaten up right away by the enemy. The enemy just comes immediately and snatches that word that was sown. And, and then there are other hearts in, in, that, that receive the word, but very shallowly that get, doesn't take very much root. And immediately when any persecution or, or any test comes against it, it's burned up by that test. And then there, there, there are other hearts where the word is sown and it grows and, and, and it's planting and it's flourishing. But then other things, listen to this, then other things entering in begin to choke the word. And listen to what he said. The deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, and the cares of this world. How many know all three of those things are connected to words? You need seek this, go after this, have this, do this. Are you listening to me? 
And so words, so, and, and then he says, finally, there, there's another heart. Fourthly, there's another heart that receives the word of God and it takes root deeply and it begins to bring forth some 30, 60, and 100 fold of the harvest that it contains. And so there's a place when we, if, if we could keep our life clear and eliminate some of the voices out of our life. I don't know about you. Is anybody easily distracted besides me? I mean, I can just be walking. I can be on a mission walking by something. All of a sudden, I'm like. And you go, wait, what was I doing? And I have to call my wife. Where am I supposed to be going? So focus, focus, Daniel, son, focus. Amen. Amen. And usually you hear something, it's a word, it's a voice, it's something, you know, and ah. Hello. And so the Spirit is here to walk with us as the voice of the Lord God in our day as He did with Adam in His day. To be the one voice that we would follow. To get this right, we will have to be willing to eliminate some voices. Amen. To get this, hear me guys, to get this right. To get this right. Listen. You've probably heard of Oh, you don't have to live like that to be a Christian. You can still do this and be okay. This is okay. That's okay. Okay, that's cool. That's, that's a nice thought. Let, let me just run that through the word real quick. Let me filter that back through the word. It's okay to live together and have sex out of marriage and still be a Christian. Okay, let me just run this through the word. It's okay to lie on my job and misappropriate funds and do whatever it takes to get a contract. Okay, let me just run this through the Word. But somewhere there's a voice that's saying that. Amen. And so we're challenged by that every day. Amen? Think about it. Everything in life has a voice. So while you're hearing my voice, there'll be another voice speaking to you as well. The voice of self, the voice of flesh, the voice of distraction, the voice of doubt. That's connected to words that were sown before in your heart. I hear things, people, years ago when we were pastoring in Bieber, um, Pastor Doug went and Janice went to the, the year in 1983 when we went to Bieber to start pastoring there. Pastor Doug and Janice left Grass Valley as youth pastors and went to Rama Bible Training Center with Brother Hagen back in Oklahoma. And at the end of that first year, uh, there, we had been at Bieber for a year and uh, ministering there. And uh, Doug calls me up. He goes, Ton. He goes, man, we've been at Raymond for the last year. It's amazing. There's stuff they didn't tell us. <laughs> I said, really? He goes, yeah. I said, okay. So he comes out and, and, and I said, well, come on. We're pastoring here. We're having a blast. Come on out and, and we'll have a meeting. And so I'm crazy and Doug's really crazy. Okay, and together we're crazy, amen. And so anyway, we got to, I said, come on, let's get together and we'll have a meeting and, and we'll see what God will do. And so we're pastoring this little church that believed God died with the apostles. Amen. They said, well, we don't believe the Holy Spirit does anything. It's just, just here, just read our Bibles. I said, okay, cool. I have a little different experience in that. So for, for a year, I'd been teaching on the person of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, everything. And Doug comes in all fired up from Rhema. And so we're like, ba-ba-da-ba. And God blows up in this service. 
I mean, God starts healing people's back, opening deaf ears. We got six foot four logger guys going, yeah, timber. It was awesome. Amen. And uh, we, we got, I have these Baptist deacons, and they're there. They've never seen God do anything. And uh, I said, Sunday morning, with this blowout service, and uh, so I went to him and said, you guys, we're going to be here all week. You guys got to help us at the altar as well. When anybody fall down and get hurt. So like you need to stand behind people, maybe help them if the power of God knocks them out. And these guys are standing, their eyes are like this. <laughs> and the power of God hit people and they go. And then they go. <laughs> like human forklifts. It was awesome. And... Uh, and uh, so, so Doug, and Doug, he, he goes, he turns to pray for this lady, he goes, like this, and just as he turns, the power of God hits this lady and just knocks her out, and this guy falls back in this guy, he catches her, and Doug goes, and the guy's going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God's awesome. Amen? God's awesome. Amen. I don't even know where I'm going now. See, I got distracted. <laughs> Amen. But to be that voice, to hear God's voice, and that He would come. That, but somebody told them God doesn't do that. And then God comes up and confirms His Word. Amen. He comes up and He confirms His Word in our lives. And so Doug, Doug goes, he goes, hey, they told us that. And so then we're sitting there talking about this. Now watch this. And because of words that I had heard, we're having this meeting. We're seeing the power of God. And so, the, and, and, but because of, and so he's starting to share with me some things about faith and, and that and, and, and some of the things that they hadn't told us. Are you listening to me? Some things they hadn't Didn't mean they, they didn't mean to tell him. It's just they didn't know to tell him. Nobody had told them. Are you listening to me? And so what we had heard what was good, but it's just it wasn't the full gospel. It's like when Paul showed up with the, in Acts chapter 19, he asked the disciples in Acts chapter 19, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they go, well, yeah, I haven't even heard if there's a Holy Spirit. Okay, so it, they just hadn't heard. So I hadn't heard yet, so he's sharing. And so my response to him, yeah, Doug, that's good, but you know, reality says... But see, because of what I had heard, other voices I'd heard, when he's trying to bring me a truth, now that other voice is saying, no, that's against reality. But how many know God doesn't care about your reality? God here came to change your reality. He came to break through your reality and reveal himself to you. Amen? And so then, the last night of the meeting, Doug goes, hey, I just feel like this is God. Doug always gets these crazy feelings. He goes, I feel like this is God. I just got to prophesy. I believe there's a couple, not more, maybe just two families in the church that, 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 that God will speak to, to give an offering, to buy the church a satellite. Back then, satellites were like 12 feet. It wasn't a little thing you have on your roof. It was like, boom. He goes, to buy a satellite so the church can get this and, and, and a big screen, you know, so you could play those in here and a projector thing, you know, so you could hook into some of this teaching that's out there. I'm going, Doug, you are tripping, man. <laughs> Sunday morning, two checks in the offering for $2,400. We bought a 12-foot satellite and a big screen. We had Brother Hagen in our church, had 10-foot wide. <laughs> Amen. It was awesome. Amen. And so here we are up in Bieber in the middle of nowhere and God's sending all this teaching. We're getting plugged into the Word and hearing about faith and stuff. It was awesome. Amen? And I'm going, yeah, but what about reality? Well, reality showed up in my life on Sunday morning. I mean, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Amen? 
So I'm just saying there's always an other voice that's connected to words that were spoken in your heart. The only thing that keeps you from responding to God and receiving His word is a voice. And usually the voice of a stranger. The enemy always comes to sow terrors amongst the wheat. He comes with the voice of others to drown out the voice of one. The, our relationship with God is based on our ability to hear His voice, receive His words, and to follow His words and to speak with our voice back to Him. Hear me this morning. The worship team comes back. The voice of God does not leave us where He finds us. Hear me. God doesn't speak to leave you where He finds you. You're here today. God speaks into your life. He's not speaking to leave you where He finds you. Or how He finds us. God said, Adam, where are you? God heard God's voice. God's voice came to him. The sound of His voice came. He said, Adam, where are you? And the voice of God found Adam hiding. How many know God didn't leave him where He found him? And He didn't leave him the way He found him. He brought him to the place where He created a covering for him and allowed him again to be back in fellowship with Him. God made atonement and began a sacrifice of atonement and a covering for our sin until He could complete our redemption. Amen? And when God comes to us, He doesn't speak to us to leave us where He found us. When the voice of God came to Abraham, how many know that God didn't leave Abraham where He found him? Or the way that he found him. He was fatherless, but he changed him into a father of many nations. When you find Elijah, Elijah was hiding in a cave. And the voice of the Lord came to him and he was in fear. And God said, what are you doing here? Get back and stand in the office that I ordained you to be. Go back and be the prophet. Go anoint Jehu as king and Elisha as the next prophet in your room. So the voice of God didn't leave him where he found him or how he found him. Are you with me? Zacchaeus, here's of Jesus coming through town climbs up in the tree to see Jesus and the word of the Lord the voice of God came to Zacchaeus Zacchaeus come down out of the tree for today I must abide in your house and God didn't leave him where he found him or how he found him when Jesus got to Zacchaeus' house Zacchaeus repented before God and he said I've been a foolish man and I will restore all men so he wasn't left where he was found and he wasn't left the way he was found are you with me think about the apostle Paul on the road to Damascus the word of the Lord came to him and said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And God found him as a persecutor, but he didn't leave him on the road and he didn't leave him the way he found him. He raised him up to be a minister and to preach the gospel and to be the apostle to the Gentile. God's word doesn't come to you to leave you where he finds you Amen. or to leave you the way he finds you. Bow your heads with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we so thank you for your grace, for your mercy. Father, you know where each one of us is today. You know where every heart, where every life is here today. Father, you know the person that's here today that feels like Adam in that place exposed, listen to the wrong voice, trying to cover but not knowing what to do, how to respond. And you're coming to them today to find them, but not leave them where they are or how they are. You're here for them today. 
Father, there are others that are here like Abraham. They've heard your voice to follow. But getting out, leaving things behind. They know the promise is great. Get out, I'll make you a blessing. Make you a father of nations. I'll lead you to a land. But the leaving, trusting the voice and following, challenges them. Other voices tell them to stay. But God, you didn't come to leave them where you found them or how you found them. Father, there are others here today like Elisha. They've run for you. They've spoken for you. They've fought for you. They've stood for you. They've endured persecution for you. But right at this moment, they feel alone. They're in a cave in their own hearts, God. They're just wanting your voice to speak. And you're here today not to leave them where you find them. But to reassure them of your call and your purpose on their lives, God. To send them to finish what you've given them to do. God, Elisha left that cave and had 20 more years of ministry after the cave Father I believe there's people here today that you're trying to bring out of that cave today Father there are those here today like Paul been on a journey for what they perceived as righteousness doing the right thing convinced with all their heart but God they're having an encounter with you And you're appearing unto them to reveal your purpose to them. To relieve them from their mission. To release them to your purpose. I thank you for that. Father, there are those that are here just like the disciples. You found them fishing. You found them sitting collecting. You found them doing various tasks. And you said, come and follow me. They heard your voice where they were, but you didn't leave them where you found them. You didn't leave them the way you found them. You changed them into world changers. Through them, you turned the world upside down and established your church. There are those here today that are hearing your voice like that. Father, today there might be a Zacchaeus in the house who just came to climb the tree to look, to see. But today your voice is coming to that person telling them today you've come to abide with them. You're calling them out of that place of observation into the place of fellowship with you. They'll just come down, invite you in, You'll come in and sup with them. Reveal your love, your acceptance for them. And not leave them the way you found them. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're here today, as they begin to sing and you're 
anywhere in there. Would you just respond to the voice of God in your life and move to this altar and find a place of prayer? Let God speak to you and you speak to Him. You could be Adam, you could be hiding and embarrassed. You could be Abraham, afraid to take that step. You could be Elijah, intimidated and seeking and questioning. You could be so many different places, it doesn't matter. You could be Zacchaeus, you could just be observing, but today the Holy Spirit's pulling on your heart. As they lead us, I just want to open this altar for you to move right now towards God. Hallelujah. Say yes to the voice. Say yes to His voice.